0: Guys welcome back to the Stage Shifters podcast. I'm so excited to have you with me on this episode because I have my good friend Steve Clemens back on the show. Uh, Steve was a guest on episode 16 and if you haven't listened to that one yet I highly encourage you to to dive into it. Steve is such a fascinating man and the story behind how we met is is really one of the one of my favorite memories out of my time here in Canada and you know as my this chapter begins to come to an end and I'm heading back to Australia next month. You know, this two year journey of me leaving my hometown in Perth, Western Australia to come out to Canada has really uh, culminated in me connecting with some of them, some really special people who've really opened me up in, in a really profound way. And Steve was one of these people. Uh, we met, uh, you know, in a cabin, you know, I, I booked a place in his Airbnb that he had built himself in a cabin four hours north of Toronto and it was just in the middle of a period of time where Steve had spent two years in solitude and this was an opportunity for us to reconnect and really get an understanding of what insights and perspectives he got during that time and this is really a follow-on conversation from that first one but we dive into some of the insights he had from his time away in the cabin and then also some other topics such as, you know, finances and some of the things that Steve and I really bonded and shared a lot of conversations over. So I'm excited to dive into this one with you guys and I'm looking forward to to sharing the episode with you all. Uh, So the video is available for this one too, if you want to check that out, Um, you can go to the YouTube channel, State
1: Shifters. Enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to the State Shifters podcast. A show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul.
0: All right, right we're back at it, mate. Let's who down here. Welcome back.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Your second appearance on the State Shifters podcast. It's an honor to have you back on, man. I feel honored to thank you for having me. Oh, this is a very special occasion because, uh, you know, I've only got three weeks left here in Canada and we've put this weekend aside to, for us to reconnect and spend some time together before I head back back home. And we're here in Grimsby. This is uh, this is where you live now.
1: This is one of the spots that I'm residing currently.
0: For now, for now. And the last time we had you on show, we were up in the ca- I was up in the cabin with you. That was up north, yeah. And since we've caught up many times and shared some amazing experiences, and I thought it'd be special to bring you back on and really touch base on some of the insights and breakthroughs and journeys
1: we've experienced together, and share some of this with the the world, man. Appreciate that. No, yeah. man, I think it's nice that you're uh, taking the time to do this. And we didn't we didn't get to finish our conversation oh, the last time too. Barely we just scratched kept, the surface. Kept going and going. We barely so scratched we, the surface. We can now we can now dig a little bit deeper, go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm so. really
0: excited to dive into it, man. We've we're such a beautiful setting. We're by the fire again, and yeah, we're outside Sunday afternoon.
1: It's almost essential.
0: Microdose a little bit of mushrooms, so we'll see where this conversation takes us. And I'm really excited to to connect, man, and share something special here.
1: Appreciate that. Yeah. And again, I always love it. Always Same, love brother.
0: It. So mate, tell me what you've been up to since the last time we hung out, and or the last time we recorded an episode. Because in that point in time, you were at a phase in your life where you'd experienced a period of isolation or solitude, where you lived out in the woods four hours north from Toronto, and you spent two, two, almost two years out there. It's three, three years, three years alone years. in a cabin that you built yourself. Correct. So for people who are perhaps listening to this for the first time or watching this, you know, Steve built. Um, you disconnected yourself from the the everyday world, as you say it, and moved up north and built a cabin in the woods in Nipissing. Remind people who perhaps are first time, you know, coming across you, like why you did that and why you felt it was necessary for you to do that.
1: I was engaged in a uh, capitalistic um, lifestyle. Again, it was something where I was pursuing the uh, the ultimate dream of of world dominance and and material acquisition and possessions and nice car nice house um, was doing good and my son was born and I had an epiphany and I realized that everything that I was doing to profit was destroying the planet that I brought my son into so I was struggling for a while on uh, obviously how to proceed I was living a, a cognitive dissonance which is a it's just a bad state to be living in. I don't know if people realize that that's probably one of the number one causes of depression. You're doing something that you shouldn't actually be doing. We're told we should be doing it. We're Mm -hmm. told it's good for us, but deep down inside, something's, something's not sitting right. So that's where I started to formulate a, an escape plan. It was something where I realized that I could talk about, the problems that that were happening in the world and you know you could research it and you can agree with it but it wasn't really until i decided that you have to live it like it's something where you can't tell somebody that they're destroying the planet or talk to your friends or family and try to convince them that we have to lower our carbon footprint i think it's something where it's more lead by example or it's something where i felt like I felt like I was talking to people who didn't want to listen because I was a hypocrite. It was something where I was still turning mm-hmm. on a light switch. I was still turning on the same faucet, hopping in the same vehicle that they were. And I thought that they should be listening to my message. So I decided to basically, I guess you could call it sort of like a, a, a quiet kind of protest is what I decided to do. I decided that I wanted to get rid of my bank accounts, bank cards, credit cards, uh, wallet, keys, all debt, and I really, really wanted to try to live life with as little money as possible, which means obviously you're doing somewhat of a sustainable living idea. So my idea obviously is to do that, you had to plug a lot of holes in this bucket which we talk about mm-hmm. a lot. People try to make a lot of money, but what they don't realize is this money is just its just filtering through. It's just going in one pocket, out the other. You're left with nothing at the end of the day. So I decided to quantify how I could basically have a subsistent life where I could operate on as little money as possible, but still have a high quality of life. So had a piece of property up north that I bought and again I I paid off all my debt so it was a a paid off piece of land it was about 88 acres and I decided to build a micro cabin it had sort of like a glorified outhouse um, on the property already and I converted it into a micro home that was about 330 square feet and off-grid, so I had some solar panels. It was in the middle of the forest, so about a quarter kilometer um, away from the road, which in the summertime, you could navigate a, a good four-by-four four truck, you could get back mm. there. But for the most part, you're walking, especially in the winter time. So it's really in the middle of the forest, and I decided to see if I could just live a quiet lifestyle, reconnect to nature, and basically formulate my day Cutting wood and carrying water basically is what I did, and I meditated a lot. I had a very clean lifestyle. Got back into um, fitness in a in a pretty. I got into it pretty intensely because it was one of the very few things that I could do out there. Mm-hmm. But most of my day's chores were were uh, pretty um, physical in, in nature, anyways. So. That's basically the, the gist of how it all happened. I went from capitalist to environmentalist mm-hmm. and now I basically, I, I, ran, I ran an Airbnb for a while at the last year because I was getting quite, quite lonely. It's how we met. Yeah. So people who don't know that, that's how we connected. Mm-hmm. And what a moment that was, it was, it was, it was the, <laughs> it, was, very it, it yeah. was the synchronicity. That was the thing where, again, we were just talking that that's, it's something where it was monumental, I mm. think for both of us. So, um, so after that, I had a proposition from a friend who needed uh, help renovating or doing a large project. And I decided that my quiet protest, I think was over. I'd spent enough time reflecting on, what my new chapter or the new phase of my life should be and i don't think that i need to do it in isolation anymore and it was something where i decided to come out i've been been out for about nine months now and um this is where we are Here we
0: are. yeah man it was it was such a magical time because we i came up there in the summer when we yeah. first met the airbnb and you know we just i just loved the the energy you'd created behind building a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. And one of the most amazing experiences was, re- was returning in April of this year. Uh, and to even, not even in the heart of winter, to be honest, it was sort of the back end of
1: winter. Back end of winter.
0: And to see the cabin or to see the that part of Ontario in that much snow. Um, <laughs> like shocking. we're talking it's like yeah, way steep snow. <laughs> uh, for anyone who wants to go back and see photos of that, it's on my Instagram page. And it was it was a totally different experience. And we were inside the cabin the whole time and I was amazed by how warm that thing was. And it just got me thinking of like what type of experience was that like during winter, like in the heart of winter here. We're talking like minus 30, minus 40, yeah. snow, unimaginable amounts of snow. And you're still functioning in a way that you're by yourself for starters, but you're still occupying yourself in a day to maintain a level of fulfillment so that you you don't get, you're pretty, pretty lonely and down on yourself versus most people spending that much time alone naturally start to, we crave connection with other humans. So I'm curious to know, like in in the winter months, like when you're dealing with that much, yeah, the environment's throwing stuff at you. Like how do you then navigate your day? How do you then navigate your own energy and your own like levels of fulfillment and personal drive?
1: I think for the the first part, it's overall it was kind of like that perfect storybook setting like something that you'll see in the movie where there's this cabin out in the middle of nowhere and the snow is is so deep and it's so high on the roof and it's just it looks beautiful like it is it is beautiful it was the most beautiful environment that i i could imagine living in um there is a lot of snow i remember having Um, the walkways every day I would go out and shovel and it would be something where the snow would keep piling up higher and higher to the point where it was getting above my head so shoveling snow and like now heaving it up over a massive wall was that's when it kind of dawned on me like this is this is a lot of snow and um, again I am heated just with um, a wood stove it is a small cabin so it's not hard to keep it warm to the point where I actually had to open the windows in the in the winter time. Working outside was um not a problem because it's if you dress appropriately it's again it's fine. It was the middle of the night in the mornings was the odd time. I would wake up and um my dog's water bowl would be frozen like it would be a, a puck of ice. So that's again <laughs> Kind of dawned on me like okay this is a little extreme this is unusual most people probably wouldn't find this tolerable um, but those were the things that i found to be the most special enduring cold as we talk about being um, part of like the whole wim hof methodology as well it's hardening off the body and that was something too where i felt like i wanted to work hard i didn't mind carrying water, water chopping the wood, even in the, in the wintertime I would have to go where my water source is down at the front, which is again, a quarter mm. kilometer away. And I have the little house built around my well, which I put the wood stove in there. So even in the wintertime, my well would freeze. So to get water, I would have to then walk down in the morning, I'd have to start a fire in the pump house. Get the temperature in the pump house warm enough that the shaft of the well would thaw so Mm -hmm. I could then pump water by hand into jugs and then pull it on sled back to the cabin. And this was, again, people would think it as being enduring or whatever. But I found that to be just part of my, my day's labor, the way that somebody would wake up in the morning, punch an alarm clock, and they would go off to work. That's basically what I was doing. That's the way that I basically thought about it. But it was it was my time and it was something where as I was doing this remedial task, it gave me a great amount of of pleasure to just observe. I had I had I mean again, if walking down a path and then all of a sudden a deer is standing there and he's looking at you. You're mm-hmm. looking at the deer and it's this connection. It's something mm-hmm. where again, most people don't get that. And that's sort of where I had that opportunity do those things so the hard part that I think was again the um, the light cycles Um, seasonal depression was something that most people um, get but because I was trying to be aware of that I, I had lists of things that I made sure that I was doing consistently to preoccupy my mind and it was doing things obviously that were keeping me healthy. So the first part of my day before I would even go outside, obviously I would brew my coffee. I would sit outside and I'd have my coffee until the point where I shiver. So both the dog and I are outside and we're shivering. And again, that was how I started my day. And it was just the hardening off of the body. I would then go back inside and I would basically spend the first half of the day until noon would be on a physical conditioning. that's where i started my meditation Uh, qigong stretching yoga physical training so i would do resistance training calisthenics and then i would and also while i'm doing this as well i also have mind feed going in the background so i would do something where i try to learn spanish so i'd have like a spanish course going or i would have terence mckenna or a ted talks or whatever my brother would load me up with all kinds of, of podcasts that i would have on an mp3 player because i didn't have a cell phone either at the time yeah. i obviously no cell reception so i didn't have the ability to download things even so every so time to, like, come prepared i actually had to come prepared with reading <laughs> material. so yeah my mp3 player had to have a lot of storage in it <laughs> because i had a lot a lot of podcasts that i would i would obviously i would chew through those because i would always have them playing in the background so it wasn't i mean lonely per se but i always basically had like another person talking in the room which again sounds weird but that in itself is comforting correct when i found that i was talking to the dog too much that's basically when i decided that it was time to go into town and pick up some supplies so that was kind of the gauge so i would i would be fine hearing people in the background with my with my podcasts when i start talking to the dog too much then i go into town talk to real people Mm. and i found that that was something where i also tried to keep to a limited fashion as well because i really did want to challenge myself with being alone with my own thoughts because I think that that's something too where people they're not used to it they try to busy themselves with a lot of remedial tasks or they try to fill up their their daily agenda with all kinds of things that keep them hustling and bustling so they don't actually have time to reflect on the type of person they are or the things that they should be doing or the things that they have done and that's kind of where a lot of demons do come out. That's where I think a lot of people try to avoid that. Yeah, so.
0: it is one of the lessons that I got from living in downtown Toronto for a year where this like busyness just consumes you, right? We're always running around and I'm someone who likes reading, I like learning, I've always got podcasts on, I'm always taking in new information. But I noticed because I was so busy, there was no time to sit and digest and reflect on the, inf- the amount of things that I was experiencing.
1: That's a good term is digest. Yeah, and that's
0: and that's sort of where I was so spending time alone like you did where you're still learning and still absorbing information, but then you have the silence to sit and start to assimilate what's coming in. Like you're starting to put pieces together, reflect, and like pontificate was another great word you used that I loved, which I noticed in the city you don't necessarily have. It's just like on to the next day, on to the next day, and there's no time to just slow down and be like hey like what what direction am i heading like what did i just learn from that experience that i can take with me onto my next day and it's something if you're not careful in the city you'll you'll notice that your, your time is just just evaporates from you so it was more my lesson from that was being much more diligent and calculated with putting time aside for whether it be meditation whether it be reflection reading and then slowing things down because being out in nature where you're, re, you're learning but then slowing down, I feel like would give a different insight into the things you're learning. That's, that's yeah. Again,
1: that was another another aspect of, I mean, as I was a capitalist, I was always thinking of um, resources or commodities as, as a measure of wealth. And I forgot to actually think that time, time in itself is a commodity. And when you really think about it, it's the most precious of commodities because whether you're a billionaire or you're poor, Everybody has twenty four hours in the day. That's how you utilize that time I think is is the value. Like that's where we're time starved these days. I mean, they just had a little survey on on the radio that I heard the other day where they're talking about how people would take a pay cut to just have a little bit more time. Hmm. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well it doesn't that doesn't seem to be like I don't know, maybe the survey that they're filling out that's what they would like to do, or ideally that's what they want to do, but I don't think realistically it's something that most people can do. Because, again, you get into this crazy, vicious cycle. Yeah. You want to have that. Well, the exchange of that is going to be money. Well, where are you going to get the money? Well, you got to go work for it. This is where I think that, that people's concept of, of value in the things that we purchase, they don't equate it to time. I have to now go and hawk my time to have that. Mm. And this is where I think that people, there's some kind of a break, like they're just not making this connection. Yeah. Definitely. So time, time was the other big thing that I wanted to reclaim my time. It was actually part of my entire mission statement of the, of the top three things. One of them was I wanted to complete autonomy of my day. And I wanted to do first, my priority was the things that I thought were going to build me into a better person, a better character. Instead of doing everybody else's shit first. When I got home at the end of the day working, you got nothing left for yourself. Your tank is empty. Very, very hard to, motiv- to motivate yourself when your tank is empty. So, mm-hmm. again, time, it's, it's the ultimate equalizer. Yeah, bro. It's and the wanna, ultimate wanna, equalizer.
0: Wanna, um, circle in, like, kind of expand on that. Because one of the things we didn't get to touch on in, your, in the last podcast we did together was where a lot of your time was allocated to learning and understanding um, the cryptocurrency world or the blockchain technology. Some of these newer technologies that are starting to come out that perhaps a lot of people would say they don't have the time to look in and research and understand it, but you got to really sink your teeth into it. And you really enlightened me on just this, the the global economic landscape and, and what's going on and this new uprising of cryptocurrencies or an alternative um alternative um currency that's coming through. You don't have to excuse me. Yeah, no worries, second. check that, check that. Duty
1: calls. Yeah.
0: Alright, we we had to have a little little pissed up there sorry.
1: Uh, <laughs> sorry about that i feel like i'm uh, on call now <laughs> go from like no phone guy to be like totally like a like a freaking yeah. doctor So i'm like oh well, i gotta go yeah. the bat phone is ringing <laughs> well, steve
0: has just been given the responsibility of looking after a car wash while your mate goes away so my that, that friends, was the reason my why friend's business keep, yeah business calls um but we're back we're anyway back. um and i was asking you about uh, a lot of the time you spent, you invested into learning about cryptocurrencies, blockchain, understanding global and macro and microeconomic influences that were happening in the, in the market at the time. And I remember finance was always a passion of mine, mate, when I Did first it? started, yeah. I studied business. And I guess that's one thing I've become aware of as I've left the corporate world is the lack of awareness that most people have to what's actually going on. You know, we kind of just—I like, think
1: it's by design. Yeah, personally, but
0: which is again is is why you blew you blew my mind in a sense where we ha- were able to have a conversation around stuff that majority of people just aren't aware, man. That you know what I mean? Just because you're able to, again, it's the way you learn. You're, you you dive fully into something, and and cryptocurrencies and blockchain was something that I hadn't really scratched the surface at at all, and I'm really glad that you showed that you shared everything you knew about investments finances yeah. and I just want you to I would love for you to share with the world your approach to finances your approach to investing your and your awareness of what's actually going on right now from a global um, economic situation. 'Cause I think it could bring a lot of value to people who perhaps have no idea around they're just kind of working, putting their money into whatever savings account or just putting into a five oh what do you guys call superannuation out here? It's a RSP. RSP. Just and no real awareness of where their money's going or what their money's doing or who they're investing in. True. Or maybe some, maybe no one's investing. So
1: Okay. Let's... Well, first of all, um, this is not investment advice straight off. Yeah. I, I'm wrong one hundred percent of the time. And I used to live out in the middle of the forest, so um, this is just for, for what you entertainment yeah. purposes only. So my perspective on the finance or economy is for a personal, like a personal standpoint, I think that obviously debt is the problem right now. Our entire economy is a debt-based economy that is fractional reserved, and the monetary policy is not designed to help you out that lesson i learned because i had to it was something Mm. where being in business everything is interest rate sensitive when you're borrowing money you want to make sure that your cash flow can service your debt plus you want to have a little bit of positive cash flow at the end that maybe you could possibly put in your pocket and buy some groceries with Mm. you know if if the economic gods um allow it so where People are living their their lives in in a phenomenal amount of debt and I don't think that you're ever going to get out of it because it's it's, again, it's designed that way. So I tried to lower my debt, got rid of it, so I actually had um, surplus cash. And that's where I decided that I wanted to put it somewhere to work for me. And again, as you were talking about, I started to look into what my possibilities were. There's the stocks, there's bonds, there's the RRSPs, which is a, I mean, you're told by everybody that this is for your retirement. Mm. This is going to be here for your retirement. And they agree to that, but they have no idea again what it's invested in and, and the dynamics behind it. So that's where again I started to find out that it's it's like having the the fox looking after the hen house hmm. it's just it's it's ridiculous on how we're allowing people to manage our, our money because nobody I mean we don't know how to do it ourselves so we obviously get a money manager or somebody who will look after our money or you just go to the bank and ask them if you can just buy one of their their investment products and that's pretty much where people leave it if they want to invest which most people don't invest because they don't have any money to invest mm-hmm. anyways mm-hmm. so if there's i mean <laughs> and the chase is on <laughs> there you have it <laughs> so um specifically i don't know if there's something like how deep you want me to get into sort of like the problems with our economy or if it's just something her like how like, mm. how, like.
0: I'm, I'm curious because the majority of people I would say listening are aware of what's going on to a certain extent but they just blindly putting their money investing it into into whatever unless they've unless you study finance unless you're you're working in the the fine like the finance industry most people are completely unaware of like how to manage their money like you said where to invest it for starters And once you do a little bit of your own research, you start to realize if you're smart about how you invest, you can actually set yourself up, you know, long term, medium to long term, in a way that your money starts working for you.
1: I watched my dad do it. My dad was phenomenal at uh, the stock market. I I grew up with him showing me companies and what Mm. these companies did. And that's, I got the whole sort of Warren Buffett, you know, the whole fundamental analysis of, of trading, of investing it's not timing the market it's time in the market that was his old philosophy he would buy very very large blue chip stocks that had a dividend these dividends got reinvested it's called a drip program Mm. those are the very basics those are the things where again you can't really go wrong with that if it was a free market Mm. but again this fundamental investing isn't good if you have high frequency trading Mm. these are computers Mm. that are trading these companies so quickly that you don't stand a chance. Even if it's something where you want to stay in the market, well, you can have companies start doing uh, stock stock buyback which they're diluting the shares mm. now of the company or they'll split that will dilute the yeah. shares you have a company that will start buying back their stocks like there's so many things that you just weren't in control of when you were investing in the stock market and that's again too where I just I felt like my money wasn't safe like it just wasn't something that was good I mean talked to somebody in 2008 how their portfolio did not too good if you're in retirement age and you needed that money that didn't work out well People who didn't panic sell—they made a lot since 2008 because of all of the capital injections that they've been putting in. So again, it's it's a it's a it's a wild ride. You talk about cryptocurrencies like that's something where you know when I first got into cryptocurrencies, I mean, it was basically said you don't put any money that you are going to need. That's how risky it right. is. It is something that was assume so, you're going to lose it type it, thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like pretty much, ex- you know comparing it to a casino, like that's how much control you basically have, which I think that was just the warning signs. Obviously it's something where if you understand sort of the beat or the breadth of the market, it's something where, again, you know that you can buy Bitcoin on one of those nice dips and you can feel if you are going to ride this out for 10 years, I'm pretty sure in 10 years, Bitcoin isn't going to be back where you bought it at the dip. Mm. You buy it at the all time high. Maybe waiting a little bit longer. But again, those are just the way that the market the markets go. So the time that I spent on all of this stuff, that's where again back to the to the the leisure of having time. People think I'm really smart and it's not a matter of smart. It's just I had more time to study it. Mm. I found it to be a passion of mine like you. And I just had more time to read about it. While everybody was off at work, I was just reading more articles. I was just watching more videos. And again, that was something where that's how I decided to live my life is I wanted to spend the time on the things that were important to me so I could become knowledgeable. So I didn't have to ask somebody to do it for me, like in asking the fox to look after my hen for mm. me. So the cryptocurrencies is a fantastic next generation step, because if you see the way that the house of cards are stacked right now, the house is really high and the foundation is really wobbly. The canary in the coal mine is all over the place, like the signs are there that a 2008 type crisis is probably around the corner, and it's something where you want to make sure that your eggs are not in a lot of different types of baskets. The assets that I think are extremely overvalued right now are real estate and stocks. You have a lot of money that was injected into the market since um, 2008, probably four plus trillion dollars that money had to find a home. So it went specifically into real estate and to stocks. You could mm. see you could see if you have an index chart or you have the ability to go and take a look at the charts, it's indicative. You can see this massive uptick in it. The valuations, they're out of control right now. Stock market the PE ratios are crazy again. Mm. And again, house prices in the Toronto, Vancouver, actually, I mean- anyway, It's ridiculous everywhere, it's, it's even ridiculous. Australia is the It's, same. it's, it's yeah. ridiculous everywhere and this it's again it's really, is it? <sighs> it, it's it's bubble i mean this mm. is this is bubble territory here mm. and this yeah. is where you want to go in very cautiously when the bubble bursts i don't think that they're going to be able to come up with the same shenanigans that they did the last time i don't think that the public is they were unaware before it was something where they were scared into allowing these these certain provisions to happen And in the meantime, I think that a lot of people became very educated on what actually happened. Mm. You can't unring that bell, but if it happens again, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to pull uh, pull the wool over these eyes this Mm. time. And if they try to do it, I'm pretty sure people will take to the streets. They're doing it in other countries right now. Mm. And I think that this is going to become a global phenomenon. I think it's going to be something where you're going to see the people are going to be pushing back. I think that it's it's something where we've hit the tipping point.
0: And if someone's listening or watching who perhaps has heard of cryptocurrencies and is aware of what they are but hasn't necessarily done the research enough to dive into why they should be investing, where they should be investing, what they should be investing in... What kind of advice would you give to someone who's perhaps scratched the surface a little bit? They're, they're aware of cryptocurrencies,
1: but they haven't really. Andreas sunk Antonopoulos, their teeth in- without a doubt. Really? He is the absolute first person you should listen to. Andreas Antonopoulos owns no cryptocurrencies. Why do you, he's, actually. He's a wh- spokesperson. He's just a spokesperson for the technology of blockchain. He doesn't actually right. talk cryptocurrency. Right. blockchain. He talks blockchain. So you would
0: say start there before you go Absolutely, even going without a it. doubt.
1: Without a doubt. Gotcha. You understand the blockchain and the benefits of it. There's a book out there called The Blockchain Revolution by uh, Don Tapscott. Mm-hmm. That would be the second go-to before you even think about dropping a dime anywhere. Mm. Understand this new economy and how it's going to change the world because it's.
0: Why do you think it's important that people do that? First of all, because that's that's really the main question. A lot of people think, oh, why do I need to understand Bitcoin? It's, why it's, do I need to understand blockchain?"
1: Well, again, it's it's something where it's like I mean, again, me not understanding how my car works, I go to the mechanic. I get I get taken. Mm. They see, they see me coming a mile away. Right. It's just yeah. something you have to be aware of your your own honeypot. Like, it's just something where you just have to have that vesting interest in it, you know? And that's where, again, that's where I think it's important to be spending the time on. You know, just as important as it is diet, you have a, a fiscal responsibility to, to work out them, them, them fiscal neurons. Mm-hmm. You have to know how the world you live in works. Again, if not... You're going to be taken for a ride. You're going to get run over. And that's, 100%. and that's basically what's happening to a lot of people right now because they're interest slaves, they're wage slaves and they're interest slaves. And it's, it sucks. And mm. our children are going to be born into bondage as well because they are going to observe us with these shitty habits. So again, that's a problem. Mm. So this is where, again, becoming aware of your own, I mean, it's, you can, like driving a car without putting your hands on the steering wheel it's ridiculous
0: Mm, right and majority of people are perhaps in that point where they're, they're just not aware of what they're doing and now this is a chance for regular people to perhaps gain back an element of control of their money where in the past banks or larger financial institutions have really dictated how much we get charged to borrow money how much it costs to even have money in a bank is this where you see things shifting I, I, in a large well, way? Where... Well
1: again, I just look at the quarterly profits of T D Bank and when you're like two to four billion dollars a quarter, you ask, where's that money coming from? Mm. That's us. Mm. We're giving them that money. That's you know. why when you go into the into the Royal Bank Tower in <laughs> downtown Toronto, everything's marble. You think Royal Bank paid for that? No. I did. <laughs> My six dollar a month service fee goes to pay for that shit. Yeah. This is the stuff that you have to be aware of, like when you go to a car dealership and you go to that fancy fancy car dealership and you're that little cappuccino machine, you're paying for that. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you have to become aware of the world that you're that you're living in. so like I said, cryptocurrencies go to Antonopolis first and read a book, understand the new economy it's like it's like the internet was confusing when it first came out all this www dot i mean people your age you don't realize Mm. that you were born into it but when the internet first came out people didn't get it there's even recorded news broadcasters and they were like what's this internet thing they're like well i I think it's something where you can like email and, and they're like well why do you even need that people talking about a a computer in every house that's ridiculous why would you want a computer in every house so these are the things where cryptocurrencies is going to be web 3.0 the way that we now utilize the internet we book vacations on it we uber on it we 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 stream videos we live off the internet and when the internet first came out people were perplexed they didn't understand it they didn't think that we even needed it Mm. so Blockchain technology is going to be the next thing. The reason being is because the system that we're in right now, it's too inefficient. And blockchain technology is allowing you to take out that middleman. It's that middleman which is bleeding a little bit off of every transaction and every exchange. Mm-hmm. Having a third party to, to, again, like it's the blockchain technology is going to revolutionize the world. It's going to.
0: It's and, and this is what got me when I felt, when you first started explaining this stuff to me, was I realized how unaware, like I was just completely unaware of how impactful this technology was going to be, and it was something that I was like, wow, I, I really want to. It's one of those things where ignorance would not be bliss. No. Because although you miss the boat. Otherwise. This is the epitome of. This is the
1: epitome of of leveling the playing field mm. too. This is this is complete awareness for everybody what what a bankster can see i can see as well if everything is on blockchain technology it is complete transparency for all there's no guy behind a curtain anymore pulling pulling these these magic levers and the things that we don't have control over it levels the playing field cryptocurrencies is built on the blockchain technology again a decentralized currency that cannot be hyperinflated Bitcoin is stagnant at 21 million Bitcoin. There will never, ever, ever be more than 21 mm. million. Get one now before they're gone. <laughs> That's exactly. all I gotta say. Exactly. So, those are the things where they can keep printing money. Debt, we're at 23. I mean, US is at $23 trillion right now. And the printing presses are, are going like, mad. I got you to look up that um, US debt clock mm. real time. And I mean, the numbers are flicking so fast that you can't even see them flick. I mean, every six seconds they're adding like a million dollars of debt and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And it just, it's, since I, since I've been watching this thing, I think I started watching it when it was at, I think 12 or $13 trillion. And within, I think, I don't know, it was like eight, 10 years, it's doubled. I just, it blows my mind. And then think about another eight or 10 years. If it's not slowing or abating, I mean, again, how can you, how can you run a business when you're constantly just in debt and printing money and nobody's even buying your debt? You have to print money to buy your own debt. Mm -hmm. It's like writing yourself a check that, you know, the money isn't in the bank Mm -hmm. account to cash. It's just, it's ridiculous. And this is, this is the, this is the economy that we're living in. Governments can't manage the books. We can't manage the books. That's a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly it, man. That's, that's the disaster that's pending, right? Everybody's yeah. financial
1: ho- house is in disorder right mm.
0: now. So the opportunity we have, if we can allocate a little bit of time, allocate a little bit of investment into our own research, our own knowledge, our own understanding of what's going on, we can take back an element of power
1: absolutely and yeah. it doesn't have to be blockchain technology again i found buying a seed i mean if you can grow your own tomato something as simple mm-hmm. as that food prices are going up guaranteed when you go into the grocery store tell me that you haven't seen the food prices going up and this is where people don't get 20 30 years ago 20 dollars would fill your grocery cart with a lot more items than it will today And this is where, again, it's the nominal value that we see $20. $20 is exactly the same. Now, 40 years ago, $20 was $20. But it's not the same. It's what that purchasing power of that $20, it's diminishing. Mm. Our money has lost its purchasing power because they keep diluting it by printing more. It's a hidden tax, and people don't get it. Just go off to work, make more money, you buy more expensive things. And again, people think it's just a dynamic. Things just... Go up in price. I could buy a Coca-Cola for 15, 25 cents when I was young. Mm. I mean, two bucks now. Go to the, go to the uh, cinema, it's 27, but whatever.
0: Correct. The reason why I like talking about finance is because I've noticed that for a lot of people, me included, finance is usually the main barrier from people taking action on their dreams. Or they, they think it's the main barrier. And when you realize that doing a little bit of education into how to manage your finances, how to, you know, start to be smart about where you're putting your money, you can actually mitigate a lot of the risks, but at the same time leverage yourself in a position where when the time comes where you have a dream, you have something you want to take action on, some grand vision, you have the finance there to do it. Whereas most people are debt to the house, debt to their car, but, student debt.
1: But they've been told, so again, like in their defense, like they've been told that a house is your, is your largest asset. They think a house is an asset, which historically it has been because house prices have historically been going up double digits. You have those few downturns. But our parents who have done very, very well in real estate encourage us to buy real estate because they did well in it. And it mm. is something where a lot of wealth is held price, in real estate. Price. But if you take a look at, again, the way that the environment has changed, Interest rates have never been this low for this long. So again, yes, it was great for my parents back in the day, but now it's so low that, again, like this is one of the things that's pushing the house prices up. Interest rates are part of the equation that they use for the affordability of the house that you can buy. If interest rates were higher, you wouldn't be able to afford such an expensive house. Mm-hmm. So it, it keeps people out of the housing market. Because interest rates have been so low, people flooded the housing market, supply and demand takes effect. Again, these are the dynamics that people have no idea about. So investing in something that holds its value, historically, they talk precious metals. That's usually good for you want to invest a dollar today. You know that pretty sure 20 years down the road, you'll be able to get that dollar back. Mm. Historically gold has been good, but people, it's boring. Gold has lost its luster, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. So, other than that, people get analysis paralysis when they start trying to learn, or they hear about all the different types of investments that are out there, and they, you know, people talk about the stock market, money market. It's confusing to them, and I think it again by design. The same way that the tax code, doing your own taxes, it's it's too complicated.
0: Correct. Correct. There's no like (laughs) cryptocurrency advice. Cryptocurrency advisors right now are the financial advisors, correct? In a sense, yeah. So, there is no dedicated one person who manages cryptocurrency yet, in a sense. No, so it's our responsibility.
1: It is our responsibility if you do want to dip
0: your toe in the water, do a bit of research and understand why you're doing it for starters, and then yeah.
1: that's that's what and again, that's what led me down the road of cryptocurrencies because I found that everything else was. It was too risky, which is funny because it's cryptocurrencies where they say is the is the risky thing. But I think that the reason why is because a lot of the people that are saying cryptocurrencies are risky is because they don't understand it. And you can even watch CNBC. A lot of the the market analysts on CNBC. They even admittedly say that they don't understand it. Even when they talk about it, mm. you, you can see that they don't understand it because they're, they're talking gibberish. They don't mm. understand the, the, the dynamics or the, or the technicals behind it. So it is very complicated. So the thing is, though, is understanding that it's the hyperinflation If you, again, cryptocurrencies are also very young as well. They don't have a a time for people to say, like, this is historically what's happened. I mean, Bitcoin came out in 2009. So it's been around for 10 years. You have no historic charts for Bitcoin. And that, again, I think makes people very nervous. You have 3,000 plus years of historic charts for gold. That makes people very comfortable. You've got hundreds of years of historic charts for real estate that makes people comfortable. And again, I think that that's why those are how people keep it to the basics.
0: Definitely. It's like there's just an element of foresight that if you're going to adopt that and start to see just the direction where things are going, you can start to then make better decisions around where you want to invest your money, but more importantly, where you want to invest your time. Again,
1: I think you know? it's the time, time to educate yourself. Once you're educated, I think that that's where it becomes really easy to find a place to put your money and again the internet is fantastic for that. I mean obviously there's a lot of people that will obviously send you down the wrong path yeah. because they have a vesting interest in in something that they want you to purchase or whatever. But again I think it's something where if you if you kept it to the basics where there was the uh the wealthy barber and the richest man yeah. in Babylon. Yeah. Two of the oldest finance books out there and they're like tiny. They're almost mm. like a magazine. They're mm. so small. You could read them in in a day and a half.
0: Exactly
1: those are the basics. You know, you want to, you want to save a little bit of your paycheck on a monthly basis. You know, once you have that money saved, put it to work for you, but get it to work for you in a smart way. A simple example is a solar panel. You could buy a solar panel and start cutting your electrical costs same thing as like buying a milking cow you can just keep milking this cow instead of going out and buying i know people can't go out and buy a cow because they don't have the space but it's that same analogy put your buy something once and keep milking it have Mm -hmm. it keep giving you something back that you can see whether it's a dividend whether it's planting a seed and getting fruit whether it's a solar panel and mm. getting electricity, whether it's a cow and getting milk. Or build your chickens, own house. Like chickens <laughs> and eggs, again, whatever.
0: <laughs> Not everyone can build their own house. It's still, I, know, I, know the, I know what you mean by this analogy of like invest. Like, again, I like to tie it back to time. Most people say, I don't have the time to learn how to do that. I don't have the time to grow my own vegetables.
1: That's where it's that, it's that like, double-edged. That's where, is, that yeah. was the paradox. That was that. that was the paradox. And that's where a lot of the people that I talked to is they're like, well, I can't do that. I can't just go and, you know, move off to a property that I don't have and do things that I don't know how to do. Exactly. I was lucky because that was sort of like the path I was knowledgeable in those things. But for most people who are living, you know, a pretty standard life again, if you want to get ahead, you have to do something differently. That's basically it. What you did yesterday is not working. Don't repeat the same Mm. thing today. That's basically it. Oh, educate man. yourself, educate yourself. So
0: so to switch gears a little bit, an example of that was where best to invest your time is. I would go just what we did this morning, to be honest. We got up early, went and did a hike, watched the sunrise, had some coffee, came back, meditated, and then went out to the gym. All before around one o'clock. That's correct. Small decisions that we made around where to invest our time. Absolutely. Yielded... To me, I felt, I felt an element of fulfillment, an element of connection, peace, joy from these investments and where to put my time. So I'd set, we, we essentially set ourselves up in the afternoon now to have a conversation or you know, have something that's really going to bring nutrients to the mind and to the soul. But
1: I think that's, again, yeah. it's what you said. It's, it's intention. It's you setting your intentions, which means you're planning your day like the way that you are trying to control your day, the way that you control a car with having your hands on the steering wheel or the way that you want to control your finances. Us making the decision to wake up early, that's easy. You know, these are are the things where you just have to do it. Some people, I mean, why they don't, I don't understand. But again, it's setting those intentions and fulfilling that on basically whatever it is. And I think that that's... Actually, you know, that's something that I actually wanted to talk to you about. It's like, what do you think motivates somebody to actually do that? Like, what differentiates the person who just does it as opposed to the person that does it? What, what do you think that motivating factor is? I think it's the,
0: it's, the, it's the why behind it. It's the purpose behind it. Like, so many people aren't tuned into, like, why, why are they going to work? Why do you get up and go to work every single day? Why do you get up and go to the gym? Why do you get up and spend time with this person over that person? And it's like the purpose behind everything that you do is what gives you the drive, is what gives you... I actually don't like to use the word motivation because I feel like if you have to use the word motivation, if you have to motivate yourself to do something, your purpose isn't strong enough. Once you have the purpose, once the vision or the mission statement is strong enough, it will just pull you. Like for us, it wasn't like we didn't need the motivation to get up early to go to the for a hike. It was like... We know what what's going to result when we do this. We have a strong enough purpose, a strong enough reason why to do it.
1: I could see again. It's that getting excited. It's it's being excited or looking forward to something. And I think that that's where a lot of people. I just they're looking forward to the wrong things. They're looking forward to going home and sitting on the couch to watch the new episode mm-hmm. of of X Y Z show. Correct. And that's where I kind of. I'm confused like I, it's it's it, it's lost on me on how people have become so satisfied with standard
0: mm. I, I'll, I'll add to that and I just think the people who there are a lot of people now who are starting to tune into perhaps listening to this podcast are like oh, damn I want to get up early I want to get up and meditate I want to get up and go to the gym but they just haven't found the, the drive yet the, or the word motivation I'm saying, like, to get to remove the need for motivation is to get to the root of like, why? Why are you even doing this in the first place? And what you ultimately realize is, it's actually not about you. You're doing it for the people around you, whether it's your family or someone's going to benefit from you becoming a better version of yourself, or you, you know, bring more energy to life. Is, your, fa- is it your family? Is it maybe the environment as a whole? Maybe it's just the the, the earth as a general. Like, who? What's the greater purpose or why you're doing what it is that you're doing? And start to dial that into your personal mission statement. Get, write that down. Like, what, like why, why, do, why am I doing this? Who benefits from me being the best version of myself?
1: I think finding a mentor, too, would be yeah. beneficial. Like, that's, you know, like you're doing the, the consulting now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Finding, again, finding somebody who can do keep you keep you motivated like when we were at the gym yeah exactly working out with a exactly. gym partner believe me i'm i'm gassed right now because <laughs> you pushed me you pushed me you're right you yeah. pushed me not to the last rep i mean you pushed me two two reps past my failure great point two reps yeah. past my failure were if i was working out by myself you wouldn't have got that I yeah never, and that i would say it was the same, was the same for stopped. me the exact stopped. same
0: for me i've uh, and you nailed it. Like if you can find like an accountability buddy or someone That's
1: what it is. Yeah. That's that's good one. Someone see, who is on
0: a similar path to you. And a lot of people sometimes make struggle. a commitment.
1: Again, make a commitment to somebody yeah. else because I find that it's it's easy to let yourself down, but you won't let somebody else down. Check-ins, I think we yeah. had I think we had that conversation the first time.
0: Definitely. We did, we did. And it's powerful because again, this is why I see the value in coaching. You know, I've really invested so much of my energy now into coaching because I see when you have that accountability with someone, it's like once a week, we're going to catch up for 60, 90 minutes or however long, it could be 10 minutes. Yeah.
1: You don't want to look like a snog, yeah. yeah. So what, have, what, what like, actions have you I taken God, since fuck. we took, yeah.
0: Because speaking about it, it's one thing.
1: Yeah. Doing, doing it's it another.
0: different. So uh, again, man, we, we nailed, you nailed it with the, the, the gym this morning. It was such a prime example it was a, of that. Yeah. that The, was the extra so... output that I got because I, I had someone accountable with me. So Lights that's where again. Aim, yeah. So,
1: hanging around, hanging around people that aren't going to motivate you. Maybe that's probably uh, the problem. Maybe we're kind of hanging around a cohort of people that we feel comfortable with because they're not pushing us to the next level. Agreed. Oh, comfortable. Agreed. Shoe that's Dang.
0: it. Well, that's it. Well, then sometimes just the, a lot of people. For a lot of people, it's the workplace. The workplace. That you're. You're. The... You 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 do not get to choose who you hang out with at work, right? If you're in a corporate job or you're just. Put with this group of people, and, if you, and it's sort of the the analogy. You of the grab cra- the crab in the the bucket. bucket. Yeah, it, if you try and rise, everyone's be like, "What? What? Why is Jordan Whoa. meditating now? Why is he eating eating healthy and going to the gym?" Like, I should poo poo on that. Yeah, yeah it's making me look bad. I should I should <laughs> shut that down real
1: quick. Right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, you'll feel like the outsider, which a lot of people experience because I'm having you conversations. Feel deficient. Yeah, you feel deficient, and they're struggling to find the others, which is where the value for me. The advice I give to people when they struggle to find the others is dive into a podcast, a book, uh, a community, where, whether it's your yoga community or like a fitness community or whatever it is where you can feed off each other's energy if you're on a path to improving some aspect of your life. It's infectious it's as infectious. well. It is yeah. infectious. And then you can find an accountability buddy from there or a coach or a mentor or whatever it is you need. I think, think that need. once yeah. you catch
1: momentum as well, I think that you can kind of – you can even just, just keep that momentum going. Yeah every once in a while maybe like a checkup or a tune up like you would a car big time but again like that's something where for the most part I I like to stay self disciplined but I definitely find that it's it's being around that right person where you can you level up you, you hit that's that it. you just that's you it. have to step up and you, you it brings yourself to that whole yeah. next new level
0: big time big so time.
1: I think that's a good one.
0: oh it's been one of the things that on this journey I've had here in canada man i'm just so grateful for the people who have come into my life because they're the ones that have really allowed me to to get go to that next level do you know what i mean like it's it's the company you keep yeah that totally. really really makes it and i guess i i now for me reflecting on the last two years that i've been here it's it really has been that like the people i've attracted into my life have just given me the support and guidance that i've needed to really progress along this journey towards this vision or this dream that i that, I'm, that I've set, you know, that we're, that we're moving towards. So yeah. you being one of them. So
1: Well, again, even when you brought uh, Augusto and Stefan yeah. up north yeah. and then <laughs> we went to the retreat the, 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 in April. What was no, anybody, In, in uh, September. September. Yeah. Like those, those are the people that I found that just they start to, to lift my, my soul. That's when I realized too, like it is about finding the others. It is about finding those people that can help elevate you, bring you to that next level. Yeah, they can be sympathetic to a certain point, understand you, but definitely. again, it's a swift kick in the ass is yeah. as required. And again, you want to be like you. I mean, it's it's easy being around people who are positive. Like mm. it's it's nice. That's that's what I felt.
0: Agreed, brother. Yeah, and I guess for people here, like obviously I'm leaving Toronto, but I'm going to be coming back eventually. But for people who want to, who are listening to this, who are perhaps in Toronto or in Canada, and they want to connect with you or communities in Toronto, there are so many of them here. And if they want to find out how to access them, contact me and I'll be happy to pass them on to you or pass them on to another community. Mindset, Brain Gym, Meditation Studio who I've been working with. They're out there. They're out you there. You know? And I really feel like this is a really beautiful place to 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 wrap up this conversation because it was the intention we set before going into this episode was connecting with connecting. with each other. Yep. And Hopefully and hopefully, and hopefully yeah. someone else <laughs> <laughs> exactly, hopefully with someone else, so brother, is there anything else you wanna leave people with before we sign off from our round two? We had a brief introduction in the middle, but yeah, I think no again it was, again, it was just
1: uh, love yourself, it's just something yeah. where you know don't take life too seriously it's it's meant to get you all stressed out, breathe it out, and start with step one, just keep it simple, start with step one. And just make today different than yesterday. Oh, I love it, man. this beautiful, brother. Second that. I second that. Excellent. Until I so return much for doing to this.
0: Canada. Yeah, we'll do another one.
1: Maybe you, in Steve, Australia. Maybe yeah, I'll come see Australia. you.
0: Maybe in Australia. There we go. Maybe I'll come see you. Thanks, brother. Love, yeah. it, love Cheers, you. Cheers, man. There we have it, guys. Another episode of the State Shifters podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, and as always, if you resonated with some of the stuff we're talking about, Uh, feel free to leave a rating or review on iTunes and if you want to dive deeper into some of the work that I'm doing you can check me out on Instagram that's at state shifters or if you want to reach out on Facebook or LinkedIn you can search my name Jordan Kalish and always open to having a conversation with anyone who's perhaps going through you know their own period of transformation or just want to connect with like-minded people Um, there's communities available and I'm more than happy to support you in any way that I can so Until the next episode, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Have a wonderful day.